Yo, Brian Saf back once again. Another episode of the Talk and Play Blurred Cast. Welcome back. I missed you guys. <laughs> I don't think it's been that long since uh, the last episode, but I've been, you know, traveling, you know, relaxing, enjoying life, just away, busy. So I haven't had time to like really sit down and record an episode, but I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Regular show format. We'll discuss everything I've been getting into later as far as the um, things for today. Got a couple little things in the headlines. Shouldn't be too much time consuming uh, information there. Game chat as well is a little small, which is fine. We're talking music mostly this episode anyway. Um, Flo Millie dropped the project. Of course, Beyonce is back. Her album is out. Very, very excited for that. So we'll discuss it. Uh, my Rolling Loud experience, hence the traveling that I've been doing. <laughs> and then a couple things in the watch list, you know, some trailers, things that I'm watching. We got a cool show. So let me just run the um, intro music real quick and then we'll jump straight into the headlines. The headlines for this particular blurred cast start with some well wishes and prayers for motherfucking Lil Duval. If you don't know who Lil Duval is, why not? <laughs> comedian. Um, I guess you would call him an entertainer and a musician. Well, definitely entertainer. That's what a comedian is. But he got music out and shit, too. Either way, you should know who the fuck Lil Duval is. Hilarious from Duval County, Florida. Shout out to Jacksonville. Uh, he was in a Fort Wheel, Fort Wheel, Four Wheeler <laughs> accident, you know, the little ATV shits or whatever. Yes, he was riding a four wheeler over in the Bahamas, whatever island he was on, trying to get out of the way of something else that was about to hit him. And then the four wheeler flipped over on him and broke his leg and, you know, scraped him up real bad and shit like that. We found out about it because he posted some uh, video footage of him being put into an ambulance onto his Instagram and ever since then you know he's a comedian so <laughs> he's been keeping us rolling with the jokes and you know making light of his situation as he recovers just want to send some uh well wishes and prayers to Lil Duval because you know fucked up incident I don't like seeing people be hurt my dog in the hospital leg broke I don't like that so well wishes and many, many prayers to Lil Duval, hoping this man has a speedy recovery so he can get back to, well, he never really stopped doing what he was doing because <laughs> he's still making jokes and posting all kind of funny shit on Instagram. Just wanting to uh, recover and feel better. So, yeah, prayers, well wishes, speedy recoveries to Lil Duval. Also in the headlines, Will Smith, after I don't know how many months or weeks has been since the slap, he reemerges on Instagram with a nice apology video. Look like he took some questions from the comment section of wherever he found them questions at and was just kind of answering things, being candid about the situation, um, being remorseful, being apologetic. Um, he said that he reached out to Chris Rock. Chris was not ready to speak to him about it. So he was like, it is what it is. Whenever he's ready, he's here for him to talk about it. Um, he apologized to him, like I said, apologized to his mother and his family and shit like that. Not 
Will's mom and Will's family. But he apologized to Chris Rock's mom and Chris Rock's brother and the rest of his family and shit like that. It was a real um, sincere apology, in my opinion, for social media. Obviously, kind of had to be done in order to not necessarily preserve anything going on in Will Smith's life. But, you know, he made a public spectacle out of the situation so it's only right that he took the social media to apologize for all that shit as well i'm over the situation you should know this by now i don't really feel too much of a way about it either way i understand why the slap happened i also understand why it shouldn't have happened it is what it is i'm glad will is still in a place where he's like i want to continue to heal from this and grow from this and make sure everybody who was hurt in the process received the apology they deserve. You know, he apologized to Quest Love for stealing his moment. All that shit is fine and great and good. I'm just hoping that <laughs> after Chris Rock makes his jokes and stuff and then decides to come to the table to discuss it with Will and possibly Jada, this could all just go away <laughs> and be a regular moment in pop culture that we will forever talk about and discuss in a you know historical sense and just let it be that everybody move on get back to get money and <laughs> let's just let it go i'm tired of the slap at this point i just want it to be what it is so it's a moment in time for pop culture fucked up shouldn't have happened understand why it happened but it's in the past, ready to move on. But, you know what I'm saying? I can't tell Chris Rock when to feel a way about the situation. He's a victim at this point. It happened to him. He's allowed to, you know, deal and process however he feels. He comes back to the stage or, I don't know, whenever he decides to talk about it, I'll be open to it or whatever, listening, paying attention. But at this point, it's in the water, to me anyway. Moving along from that, um, some exciting news that I thought was like really, really dope, right? So the weekend, the uh, musician is going to have a haunted house at this year's Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Studios, which will be themed after his After Hours album, which if you listen to the After Hours album, Definitely soundtrack music for some, you know what I'm saying, um, 80s, disco-esque, <laughs> um, scary movie type shit. Like, After Hours is not, yeah, it definitely, <laughs> it definitely has <laughs> some moments of horror on that album. So I'm definitely um, excited for it. I think this is a really really dope idea a really really dope collaboration we don't really get to see these kind of things very often when it comes to uh, like productions and stuff at universal that involve you know them pretty much retheming their whole theme park after something so it's really really dope like i don't know i'm i'm a very very big fan of halloween horror nights i try to go every year if i can especially because it's like right down the street for me but um I really just enjoy being immersed in like horror and thrillers and all this kind of, you know, Halloween spooky, <laughs> spooky season energy that Universal puts on so perfectly every year. The weekend, one artist that I really, really fuck with, really, really enjoy his music. 
them coming together to theme a haunted house after the after hours album which i did enjoy it was not a bad album i like pretty much most of that album has some huge singles come off of it like blinding lights and all that shit so i'm excited it, it sounds like a dope idea universal tends to do these things where they're a partner with very very big moments in pop culture that lend themselves to like horror and thriller and shit that just would you know aesthetically be very very much akin to a halloween type environment they had a stranger things house you know of course universal the property itself has a ton of classic nostalgic monsters like dracula and werewolf and stuff they theme houses like this all the time is what i'm trying to say <laughs> but it's the first time that it's been a musical artist and one of his projects to actually be the backdrop for haunted house so it's gonna be dope based on the press release that i saw it was saying that you're going to be immersed in what the weekend visualized as his after hours like haunted house and the music is going to be playing as some of the nefarious thriller type um individuals chase you through this house and hopefully you escape the blinding lights <laughs> i don't know it didn't say all that but i'm ready for it blinding lights save your tears what else heartless I could just hear all of this music playing as I'm transitioning from room to room in this haunted house and just enjoying the experience. Like, it's going to be dope. I'm really, really excited for it. Definitely going to be grabbing my ticket to HHN as soon as they drop so I can get in line. Those ridiculously long lines. But a line nonetheless. <laughs> I can get in line at this motherfucking um, after hours haunted house brought to us by universal on the weekend very very dope sticking with theme park news the universal studios in japan is adding a jujutsu kaisen ride now i've never been to japan this universal at all it's on my bucket list actually i definitely will be making my way out to universal studios japan um, but the reason that this excites me is because I fuck with Jujutsu Kaisen. Like, I really fuck with that anime. Uh, apparently, they have a Sailor Moon 4D like show kind of ride. They have a Demon Slayer virtual roller coaster as well as a Hunter Hunter attraction. So Universal Studios Japan got all the anime pretty much and i fuck with that obviously you know <laughs> anime originates from japan it only makes sense that a theme park and company of universal's magnitude would incorporate anime into their theme park being that it's in japan same way they do here we know we got our marvel shit and all of the universal properties and titles transformers and all kind of shit at our theme parks it just makes sense that they would incorporate anime into the japanese theme park so i need to just go ahead and book my ticket and get out there that's pretty much what that um <laughs> signifies it's pretty much the only reason i'm bringing it up i love anime universal studios japan caters to anime lovers i gotta go this jujutsu kaisen ride it sounds fucking dope based on the press release that i read it's supposed to be like a real 4d experience kind of roller coaster event I don't know. It looks dope. Well, based on what I read, I like that <laughs> roller coasters are starting to incorporate 
um, the VR shit. And I really like that a lot of the roller coasters today are starting to immerse people in like 4D kind of experiences. I'm thinking namely the uh, Velocicoaster at Universal Orlando. They have like a... I don't know. Before you take off, there's like a 4D kind of experience that happens around you before you shoot out of the launch pad. Either way, if Jujutsu Kaisen is going to be anything like that, that's dope. If it's going to be more like a, you know, show that has roller coaster elements in it, just like the Escape from Gringotts ride at the uh, Harry Potter Diagon Alley section in Universal or shit, even the Forbidden Journey rides kind of like animatronic um roller coaster-esque thing with all of these like 4d environments and shit in it either way the ride sounds dope i'm excited for it that's why i brought it to the blurry cast <laughs> that concludes the headlines for this particular blurry cast though let's jam real quick while we slide over into the game chat chat for this particular blur cast i'm always talking about uh sony sony news yes uh, sony has made yet another investment into the esports world they've acquired esports tournament platform repeat.gg now if you're a gamer then you already know repeat.gg is the like premier go-to fucking <laughs> platform for putting on gaming tournaments across your different, you know, Sony, Playstations and Microsoft, Xbox and Nintendo Switches and PC games, whatever the case might be. Like Repeat GG is the premier website for putting on tournaments. So it's really dope that Sony is taking an interest into this because esports is pretty much a staple in the gaming community that don't really get the... I don't know the shine it deserves like i feel like we should have more um esports players and more esports leagues like these games are really really competitive i know <laughs> people like to compare video gaming to like actual physical sports and downplay video gaming as not being an actual physical sport that's your own opinion it is what it is what i'm saying is there's a level of skill that comes along with being an e-gamer or doing esports that frankly deserves people <laughs> to receive compensation for like i'm really really excited or not excited but i'm happy that sony is recognizing that esports is a big thing and it definitely needs to be taken more seriously like we have people playing these games spending all of their time and money <laughs> on trying to become the best player and you know these leaderboards and these world rankings and shit like that repeat.gg they do a good job at trying to reward players and have tournaments that have like tangible prizes in them sony acquiring them will only add to what repeat.gg can do just in my opinion anyway i'm interested to see what sony does with repeat gg though i know over the last few blurred casts we've been talking about all of the things that sony is doing to reward players like last episode we actually talked about their new rewards program coming out uh playstation stars so it's interesting that now we're getting this news that they're buying repeat gg because 
um, the PlayStation actually has like an entire like tournament section on the UI or built into the UI. So I don't know. This is uh this is sounding pretty dope. Like PlayStation is coming for all of, or Sony and it's coming for all of the major players that can do things that they might not necessarily have the resources and the time to do and that are going to benefit PlayStation players a whole lot because like I said the PlayStation user interface is already kind of set up to house these things. There's a tournaments tab and you know the rewards program is kind of weaved throughout in its own way but now PlayStation Stars is going to make it an actual thing now with the trophies and shit like that. Like I'm excited for Sony's advancements <laughs> and their acquisition with things. It looks like they're really trying to make us as PlayStation owners and just gamers in general, just make us all happy and feel rewarded <laughs> for playing these systems and spending countless hours of our lives dedicated to beating these games. <laughs> so that's going to be dope. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to see what comes of Sony acquiring repeat.gg. Also Sony news, the August PlayStation Plus games have been announced. You know, you've probably seen them already, but just in case you haven't, we have Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which interesting because people have been begging for <laughs> Tony Hawk's like entire skate game catalog to come back to PlayStation, especially after the new game Skate has been announced. And, you know, we keep getting all these development updates. So that's cool. Uh, we also have Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm assuming that's an RPG. Not sure. We also have Little Nightmares, which that's definitely an RPG. <laughs> but those are our three PlayStation Plus games for this month of August. Obviously free. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Whenever they drop. Because I think they're still like last minute for july's games last minute for july's game because it's not we only like two or three days into august at this point whenever you listening to the um, blurry cast but be prepared for that because august is here and i'm pretty sure these games are gonna go live for you to download within the next week outside of that uh multiverses has been fun i've been playing that really really enjoying it if you're still under a rock, this is WB and all of their partner properties um, answer to Smash Brothers, pretty much like Smash Brothers and Brawlhalla. If you play those games, then you definitely play multiverses because it's pretty much the same thing. Just with a few different features, you know, a more what's the word? current roster <laughs> of characters a new roster of characters actually because you know we haven't seen any of these characters in any of these like brawl games before it's a fun game though i'm really enjoying it i know we talked about it over on the nrw checkpoint which is my youtube show with my dog webster style um i came out <laughs> i downloaded it it's in beta right now but it's running smooth for me. I haven't really had any issues with it, at least that I could tell. And when the game drops, I'm pretty sure it's going to take over like <laughs> Twitch for a little moment because it's a fun game. And the character design 
just the overall gameplay is very, very much Smash Brothers Brawlhalla, but with DC characters and Warner Brother characters and Cartoon Network characters and fucking HBO characters. They got Arya Stark on the game, <laughs> like from uh, Game of Thrones. I think I talked about this before in anticipation for the uh, release of this beta. When I was out, I've been enjoying it. If you are interested, all you got to do, head over to whatever store that you buy your games from via PlayStation or Microsoft, their, you know, native stores or whatever, and go download it. It's free to play. And the beta does not have an end time. They have not decided when they're going to close the servers down and tweak everything and then release the game. So enjoy it while you have it. I'm going to be on there. Let's turn up. <laughs> also, in the gaming news, a new Apex Legend is coming to the console version. I have to specify to the console version because ever since Apex Mobile came out, they have gotten, what, two new Legends? While we still sitting over here on Newcastle? <laughs> Not saying that that's a problem because... You know, Newcastle's the black character and his kit is actually very, very dope. It's changed the game up quite a bit. So I'm enjoying it. But now we have another new character. This character goes by the name of Vantage. Obviously, it's a play off of the fact that she is a sniper character. I watched the gameplay trailer yesterday when it came out. This motherfucker can super leap off of buildings onto other buildings whenever she's aiming down a site her passive activates and she gets some kind of special sensory ability that allows her to see targets like vantage is going to be a cool player there's a lot of campers that play apex just <laughs> something that people do in order to climb the ranks really really fast they just camp and try to wait for the last ring and then kill whoever crosses their path Vantage is going to be one of those characters that's going to aid those type of players a whole lot. It's literally a character designed for you to do long range damage and be a sniper. So I'm kind of excited because we don't have a character like that in this game. But then I'm not excited because, like I said, people are definitely going to take advantage of the fact that this character is literally built to camp and... I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I'm just excited that Apex is getting another new character. They also retweet King's Canyon. Boo. I don't like King's Canyon. I want them to take that map <laughs> out of the fucking rotation permanently. Hopefully these tweaks that they've added to it to support, you know what I'm saying, the new season and the new character and shit are like dope. Otherwise, fuck Kings Canyon. Take that shit out of the goddamn game. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they gave us a release date on when Vantage is going to drop, but pretty soon, obviously. So more on that when the character drops. I'm definitely going to hop on Apex, play it, give it a try, see how our kit fares against all of the other characters, and then come back here to y'all to report my findings and my likes and dislikes with the game and the character and the new map changes. <laughs> that is it, though, for this Blurcast um, game chat. Let's go ahead and play some more music real quick while we get ready to talk about the music that dropped in the playlist. Can't 
starting with Flo Millie. She put out an album entitled You Still Here Ho, which is a very, very clever play off of the VH1 reality TV show days. Like I've been watching all of her promo and all of her videos for this particular album and body of work. And they all include like skits and references to that very very iconic era of vh1 television where we had like i love new york and flavor of love and just all of those different <laughs> all of those different nigga ass shows <laughs> that have black people on reality television looking crazy while the rest of us was sitting at the house laughing and judging and having a good time. <laughs> I'm really, really enjoying watching Flo Millie's creative process and her roll out this project because that era of VH1, that shit was a time now. We had like, <laughs> I love New York and Flavor of Love and Real Chance of Love, all them for of love shows. And then, you know, we had the love and hip hop shows come from that Atlanta and New York and shit like that. Like that was a time period where television or at least reality tele television was at its trashiest and most entertaining. <laughs> and I'm so glad that this uh, black girl who is a phenomenal rapper has taken that entire aesthetic and decided to make a body of work that pretty much embodies and and glorifies and pays homage to that incredible time period in reality tv she even had miss new york herself tiffany hbic pollard doing her um intro and outro skits that shit is fire there's a song on there come outside or was it just called outside either way she shit talking at the end i love that we need more shit talking skits at the end of songs i'm just thinking back to a time period where every mixtape that g unit put out had at least four songs on there that had 50 cent or somebody from g unit just talking big shit at the end of the song obviously it was a diss record towards somebody after the bar stopped going after the flow stopped flowing you just got on the mic and start talking shit i love that <laughs> i'm so glad that flow millie brought that shit back on come outside because fire as far as the music is concerned all of it is really good. I was like really surprised. I enjoyed her first project titled Ho, Why's You Here? <laughs> Again, another play off of an iconic moment in love and hip hop history with Jocelyn Hernandez and Mimi. <laughs> um, I enjoyed her first project, but this one, I don't know. It kind of caught me off guard. I didn't know what to expect. And I was like, oh, shit. All of this music is really good. She really, really rapping her ass off. I could tell. That she is not lying when she says that she's a Nicki fan. I can hear it in her like bars and her flow and her delivery. Like she really studied Nicki, took the best parts of her, made it her own style, and is like killing shit out here. I really, really enjoy a rapper rapper. Like the actual ability to rap, the actual technique behind it. I really fuck with artists who master that. Like I don't really get into 
the content and subject matter that much when it comes to rap. You know, it is what it is. It's for who it's for. If you don't like it, you don't like it. If you do like it, you do like it. At the end of the day, can you actually rap? What you saying is important. Yes. But like <laughs> the way you saying it matters because rap is not just spoken word. Like there's a, a science behind a method to it. Flo Millie, she got that shit down pat. I really, really fuck with it. I love how versatile Flo Millie is, especially in these songs. Like none of these songs sound the same. They all have a different vibe to them. They all have a different feel to them. But it's still Flo Millie at the end of the day. I really like her <laughs> Southern hood chick attitude. I really fuck with that. Like Flo Millie's a beautiful girl. The album is just fire, bro. Like if you haven't given Flo Millie a try, I definitely, definitely think you should for one but check out you still here ho because <laughs> this project is really really good my top five or my five favorites at the moment i ain't gonna say top five just the five that i really really enjoy from this project at the moment um come outside obviously bedtime really really like the beat on bedtime it's given like uh i don't know indian kind of i don't know what instrument that is but you when you listen to the beat there's a type of instrumentation that kind of sounds like middle eastern indian um instruments in the bedtime production like the beat fire and she killed that shit like flow wise metaphor wise it's probably the best song on the project with those two attributes bedtime is really really good she thinks she funny well bitch i'm hilarious so keep it cute before i embarrass you i think it's crazy how they play the narrative fuck what they mind i don't get out of character uh wait i be hitting up i gotta reload hey nasty nigga he ain't fucking with my ego 30 inches got me feeling filipino name whole weight like a boat full of kilos I also like Hottie. I really like the beat for Hottie and just the way that she chose to flow over it. The message behind it is really dope. Um, Babyface Ray, I'm not a big fan of him, but I really enjoy his verse on the song as well. Like it's a really fire song and it made me want to go to the skating rink. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I, I do know it's the beat. <laughs> that beat and the way that they chose to flow over it, it just, it give me skating rink vibes. I really, really fuck with that song. Big Stepper is also a really, really good one. She snapped on fucking Big Stepper. I really, really enjoy Big Stepper. The beat is a little bit on the minimalist side. A lot of boom, pap, you know, kind of like Fruity Loop studio vibes or whatever. But it's just intricate enough for her to like really, really go in. And like I said, she slid. She snapped on that one. And for another one, I think Payday featuring Rico Nasty is probably the fifth out of my favorites so far. I really enjoy all of these songs. A lot of them came out already, like Conceited and uh, PBC is already out. No Face, she released that like, I don't know, a couple days before the project came out. So like we've heard a lot of this project or... A decent amount of it so i'm not mentioning those songs just because like i knew them already but coming into this project those were the ones that i was really really fucking with rico had a really really dope verse on payday um so did flo miller she slapped on that shit too the beat is really really dope and fun and playful just the project overall is good like 
I really fuck with Flo Millie. She's a dope rapper overall. I got the opportunity to see her at Rolling Loud, which I will discuss with you all later on in the playlist. Just this album is really, really good. Go ahead and take a listen if you haven't already. That's Flo Millie. You still hear Ho wherever you can stream music. <laughs> also, in music releases that I wanted to cover, you already know the Queen, Beyonce, Renaissance, Act One. She's here, bro. <laughs> like, this project is fucking phenomenal. I'm listening to it on repeat days after it comes out <laughs> and i'm just like damn beyonce has really done it again i wasn't expecting her to not do it again it's just i'm surprised that she did it again how many albums are we of beyonce at this point like how many how many bodies of work has beyonce put out let's ask google beyonce has seven solo albums she has an album with jay-z she got what three or is it four three or four albums with destiny's child four or five live albums which are her pretty much recording her live vocals at performances and packaging them up as a project like beyonce has put out an incredible amount of music obviously those live albums you know they're pretty much compilation albums of whatever her set list is of her past music so yeah those aren't really like album albums but these solo projects, us being on like number seven at this point, and we're still like, what is she going to do next? Like, this shit is amazing. I really, really am enjoying Renaissance. Now, it's only been a couple of days since it came out, so I'm not going to do like a full, super in-depth review like I would had I been listening to this project for a week or two. But from where I am now listening to it, this album is really, really good, like phenomenal. I know a lot of people have been, you know, giving their views and critiques and everything. And they really just been focusing on the fact that this music is very house music inspired. Like it's very, very house music heavy. But that is not the only genre of music that this album is presenting. House is there. Yes, you hear it. But there's also disco in there. There's a lot of dance music in there. Beyonce also has some trap music in there. Some funk music is also there. She has some dope Afro beats music in there. And it's all like just perfectly playing off of one another. These individual genres, they're all melting together really, really well to create the album that is Renaissance Act One. The sequencing on this fucking project. Amazing. Like this is probably the best sequenced album of 2022 so far i would even go as far as to say the best album of 2022 so far that's just my opinion we'll see <laughs> what the rest of 2022 does but as of now this this got my top pick because i just listened to this project every day that this came out just vibing <laughs> like it's a great album to ride around the city to. It's a great album to clean to. It's a great album to game to. Like, the album is just, <laughs> it's doing a whole lot over here in my world as far as making me happy as a human being. Like, I fuck with it. Like I said, the sequencing is really what's locking it down for me because I'm listening to these songs. They're 
obviously arranged perfectly as far as track listing is concerned but then like on the tail ends of these songs they have some wonderful transitions like i'm that girl which is the first song perfectly flows into cozy which is song number two cozy literally ends by starting off the instrumentation and the production for alien superstar which is song number three so that right there in itself is like (laughs) three songs perfectly paired together that you don't even necessarily realize are flowing into one another until you pay attention to the track list after alien superstar that's when we cut off into another section of perfectly flowing music cuff it goes into energy really really well energy goes right into break my soul really really well which was dope because on the tail end of energy you can hear big frida coming in and then as soon as the beat cuts for energy you hear big frida open right on up into break my soul like perfect transition bro like the transitions on this album are fucking top notch only beyonce could do this i see artists try sometimes with transitions and sometimes they get it right Beyonce like did perfectly on this project after break my soul she kind of gives us a break (laughs) from the smoothest let's church girl turn us all the way up and just kind of live on its own and then we back into flawless transitions plastic sofa or plastic off of the sofa transitions perfectly into Virgo's groove Virgo's groove transitions perfectly into fucking move featuring grace jones and fucking tims <laughs> she gives us another break from the transitions and the perfectly flowing project to like let heat it live on its own and be its own song that ends and then we kick off another round of perfectly transitioning songs with thick going straight into all up in your mind and then america has a problem kicks off another three-peat of perfectly smooth transitions going from america has a problem into pure honey and pure honey perfectly sliding into summer renaissance which summer renaissance ends up just encapsulating everything that the entire album is and it's fucking perfect (laughs) like Beyonce did a really fucking good job with this shit, man. I'm really impressed that she's still elevating her craft after all this fucking time, after all them Destiny's Child albums, after all them solo projects, after the music with Jay-Z, after all of them live projects, after all of the groundbreaking stuff she's done for Disney and everything that she's done just in general. Her performances, shows, she's still going up. She's still out here reinventing herself. She's still out here putting out quality music. And this, this is how you sustain longevity. This is how you take your talents, your God-given talents, and you turn it into something that's going to sustain you and your lineage forever. Because this music, bro, this shit is good. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm thoroughly impressed. I'm really, really fucked with Renaissance. And the crazy thing about it, this is only act one of only Beyonce knows how many, <laughs> how many acts we're going to get from Renaissance or whatever else she's going to title this project. Like this is only you the beginning. And it's sounding like this. <sighs> Beyonce about that. <laughs> Beyonce about to make the world stop for real. 
Beyonce said she made all of this music during the pandemic. And if I'm listening and looking at it, this shit really, really served her well. This pandemic break, that was what she really, really needed. Not saying that she was falling off or anything, because the last project was Lion King, The Gift. And we saw how that turned into Black is King on Disney Plus, how amazingly beautiful and how dope the art and the music and the videos and visuals and everything around that project is like Black is King and Lion King, The Gift. Those are perfect projects like Beyonce did her shit with that as well. However, <laughs> this shit hitting different. It's hitting on a whole nother level. Renaissance is on something else. <laughs> I'm really, really fucking with this project, bro. It's different. It's really different. And her being locked away in her mansion with Jay-Z and her kids and her money and just her creative process, like it definitely, definitely turned into something amazing. That's what happened when you just sit down and you be in your art and you just, you know what I'm saying? Focus. She got away from the distractions of the world. Obviously, because we had to, the pandemic shut everything down. And that really allowed Beyonce the opportunity to like lock in and give us a masterpiece. I'm excited to see what act two and three or wherever, however many more acts she's going to have. I'm really, really excited to see and hear what it's going to be and enjoy it. We haven't gotten any music videos from this project yet, but it's Beyonce quite sure she got some videos in the tuck like i don't know maybe not right because she recorded all this music during the pandemic she definitely wasn't filming no music videos because she didn't want to get COVID. but maybe she doubled back now that you know she out the house and body looking right you know motherfucking ivy park dropping every other month at this point maybe <laughs> maybe she got some uh videos ready to go for this project even if she don't, I'm satisfied with the music. This shit sounds amazing. My favorite five at the moment, because I really like all of these songs. If I'm being real, I fuck with all of these songs. But my favorite five at the moment probably have to be I'm That Girl, Cozy, Alien Superstar, Church Girl, definitely, and Heat It. Woo! I like Thick as well. Move is really good. Virgo's Groove is also really good. Like I said, I like all the songs. I like them all. But yeah, favorite five just right now. Yeah, I'm That Girl, Cozy, Alien Superstar, Energy, and Heated. Now, there's been some controversy with this album, right? Some stuff that's been going on. Khalees came out. She made a big fuss about being sampled and not properly credited. I understand that. It's a little bit deeper than just her being tight about that, though. Like she got a terrible history with Pharrell and Pharrell is the producer on the song that actually sampled her. So there's more to the story than just Khalees being mad at, you know, Beyonce and Pharrell for sampling her and not crediting her. The song is energy. The last, I want to say 10 to 15 seconds, there is a interpolation. It's not Khalees' voice. It's not music from the actual song. It's literally Beyonce using the same melody that Khalees used on her song, Milkshake for her like lalas or whatever to end out 
the track energy and go into break my soul, which I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand why Khalees is upset. She was credited, but she feels like she wasn't properly notified, which translate to me as why nobody told me I was going to be sampled on this Beyonce song. I would have liked to negotiate some kind of fee to be sampled. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? You want to be paid if you're going to be sampled on somebody else's work. If you're an inspiration to somebody of some sort, like you want to be, you know, compensated. That's fine. But apparently Pharrell, you know, has whatever contracts he has over her music. So he's legally kind of like, okay, to just okay the sample without necessarily notifying her. But as of time of recording, <laughs> Beyonce has not only removed the interpolation sample, but she's also removed Khalees from the writing credits for that song. So I guess that's the end of that. <laughs> no writing credit for Khalees. The interpolation is completely gone. She didn't even replace it with anything. Like you can listen to it wherever you stream music. The song's already been updated. The interpolation sample has gone completely. Beyonce didn't even fill that space in with anything else. She just left the song how it is and the song still sound good. So I guess that's that on that. <laughs> also, Heated, which I was very, very happy to know that Drake is a writer on Heated because the first time I listened to Heated, I was like, damn, this sound like Drake. So when them credits came out, my dog is credited. I was like, I fucking knew it. All that conspiracy talk. Oh, Beyonce and Drake must have been in the studio together because he put out a, a dance album and then hit Beyonce come with a house song and shit like that. Might have been true <laughs> because Heated is a song that has Drake's energy, has Drake's pen all over it. Find out he's actually is a writer on the song and that track actually does sound like he literally sent that to Beyonce and Beyonce put her own vocals over it. Maybe tweaked the writing a little bit. I'm like, yes, because the greats need to work with the greats. Like Drake has been subtly working with Beyonce. Don't they don't necessarily have or well, outside of mine on on self-titled. They don't have like a whole lot of music together. So them continuing to at least behind the scenes production wise help each other out like i really really fuck with that he's two of my favorite artists so i fuck with that there's an issue though because beyonce used a word that apparently is a slur to what the disabled community of another country i'm not sure either way and i don't want to be rude or say the wrong thing because slurs and shit like that like as a black person i get it that particular lyric has been changed and updated for the album of course beyonce didn't want to offend anybody or whatever so it was nothing to just go back and redo those simple lyrics on heated that were initially supposedly a slur so dope the new lyrics sound fine to me i actually think it sound better so either way i'm really really <laughs> 
fucking with Renaissance. Really dope project. I'm going to be continuing to listen to it and try to catch new things or understand new things about the music as, you know, time goes on. That's what I do. I sit with projects and just enjoy them full out. But overall, as of now, I really fuck with the album and I really can't wait for act two, three or however many more acts she has planned for this whole renaissance era. This music is very, very fun. It's very positive, very uplifting, very self-loving. And we need that. Like there's a lot of negativity going on in the world. I'm glad Beyonce came out and was like, you know what? Let's make these people dance. Let's make them love themselves. Let's make them love each other and just vibe for the summer. Like, I fuck with that because summertime is not quite over yet. Even though them badass kids get ready to go back to school, we still out in the streets trying to turn up and live life real quick before Monkey Pox shut us all down. This album is perfect for that. So we'll see <laughs> what Act 2 brings. But for now, Act 1, fire. Last but not least, before we close out this particular playlist on this particular Blurcast, just wanted to share with y'all my experience with Rolling Loud Miami 2022. To say the least, bro, because I don't want this to drag out. I could talk about this shit all day. I fucking enjoyed myself, y'all. Like, it was the best experience. <laughs> like, I've had in a long, long time. Like, I needed the vacation for one. I needed the energy of those people, too. I needed the entire vibe of that festival in my life, three. I needed the entire weekend that I had surrounding Rolling Loud. Like, it was a perfect <laughs> moment for me. I'm really, really glad that I finally took the time and opportunity to go down there meet up with my homies and really, really just enjoy the vibe that Rona Loud presented. I got to see so many of my favorite artists. I mentioned earlier, I saw Flo Millie perform live. That was really dope. She performed a lot of the new music off of the album I just reviewed for y'all, which is You Still Here, Ho. Don't forget about that. Check that out. <laughs> um, I saw City Girls perform live. That was a good performance um gucci Mane was out there i saw him perform i saw three six mafia little baby i saw him perform um Lil uzi vert probably had the littest set of all three days like i literally was in the crowd with those people jumping up and down pushing mosh pitting almost lost my phone and all that chaos it was fucking amazing uzi put on a fantastic show baby keem did as well i really really enjoyed his set kendrick had a really really good set it's making me really want to say you know what i know i just saw you at rolling loud but i'm going to go make a uh one of the stops on your tour because kendrick's show was phenomenal and i want to see what the full stage production looks like for kendrick's uh current tour that he's on Obviously, Rolling Loud is a festival that takes literally the top talents in the industry and puts them on stages, lines them up based on, you know, time and relevancy or whatever. So Kendrick didn't really have a full set time to really give us whatever he wants us to experience with this upcoming tour, this tour that he's on. So watching him 
and his what 50 minute set at Rolling Loud made me want to go to his show because that nigga put on a good show and that's not my first time seeing Kendrick it's just like every time I see him I'm like <laughs> that was the best one so far like I don't know he's, he's a really really good performer outside of that uh, I saw Lil Durk perform which was crazy because this nigga brought out Kanye West now if you don't know Kanye West was actually scheduled to headline Rolling Loud, but he pulled out four days prior. He was then replaced by Kid Cudi, who we should all know at this point he has a beef with. They are not friends anymore. They hate each other right now. <laughs> so for him to pull out of the show four days prior, the event organizers to replace him with Kid Cudi, who is his nemesis at this point. And then him come on at the same time that Kid Cudi is performing or getting booed off stage on one stage. Him to come out with Little Dirk <laughs> on his set and perform like two songs, whatever. I was like, this shit is insane. Kanye is petty as fuck for that. Uh, Rolling Loud event organizers are petty as fuck for that because they knew they had to have known that Kanye was going to do that. Kanye can't sneak into a music festival it's it's not happening so they 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 knew like i don't know I, the whole vibe with that particular situation i was a little upset about it but it ended up being a great night like i enjoyed little dirt's performance caught kanye that was cool uh who else did i see future he headlined one night his shit was also lit i even took time in between me going from stage to stage trying to catch these artists to like check out a few artists that i had never heard of before so i got some new music to listen to well i had some new music to listen to i'm still on renaissance right now <laughs> but i caught wind of some new folks like the entire experience was just really really dope the lights and everything when the sun go down that shit was beautiful. They had Wi-Fi out there on some of the stages. They had these big ass fans blowing mist over the entire audience to keep us, you know, <laughs> from overheating with all the energy that was going up out there. Like amazing. This shit was the first year, I believe, that they did five stages. That shit was lit, was complete chaos running back and forth between these five different stages trying to see who you want to see like <laughs> it was a really really enjoyable experience really dope of course it has some you know negatives parking situation was a little janky or whatever but i made a way i'm a real nigga i figured this shit out i made a way so i was not spending no crazy amount of money for no bullshit ass parking and um the food was good from what i got to taste i didn't get to hit as many spots as i wanted to just because i was like i don't want to you know bog my body down with all these like carbs and shit like that i just need to eat enough to stay energized so i can make it through the six to eight hours a day that i was spending out in the sun in the florida miami <laughs> weather walking around this big ass hard rock stadium this event field outside of it going from stage to stage like it was a really really enjoyable experience i had a great time definitely definitely going back as soon as they dropped the <laughs> as soon as they dropped the list of performers for 2023 i would decide if i'm going to be attending in 2023 but there's other festivals that i want to attend so 
Rolling Loud might be off the schedule next year for me, but we'll see. We'll see when the you know when they announce their artists. We'll we'll see. But as far as Rolling Loud 2022 is concerned, Miami, that shit don't owe me nothing. I want to go back right now today. If Rolling Loud posted on social media right now, everybody who came to Miami, we got one more day for you. Pull up right now. I'm on the fucking road. I don't care. <laughs> like. That shit was lit as fuck, and I cannot wait to experience the energy once again whenever I decide to go back. But that's it for the playlist on this particular episode of the Talk and Play Blurcast. Let's uh, turn up real quick, play some music real fast, and then we're going to slide into the watch list so I can talk about what I got to watch in between traveling for Rolling Loud and listening to Beyonce and Flo Millie and shit. <laughs> Starting actually with a trailer for a new Netflix movie that's coming out called Carter. I'm excited as fuck for this. Um, I did a reaction on YouTube with the NRW and that shit looked fucking phenomenal, bro. The action scenes in there, the camera angles that they were getting, like the stunts, everything about it looks like the kind of movie I'm going to be up watching from beginning to end without blinking <laughs> also because if i'm not mistaken it's in japanese <laughs> i think i don't think there's an english dub for this movie but either way the action alone was like oh shit i gotta check this out i'm a fan of dub y'all know that i like dub anime and just <laughs> dub in general i need to understand what these people are saying so that i could just focus on what's happening on the screen but i'm gonna give this movie a chance with the subtitles and shit like that because i was blown away by the fucking trailer so carter on netflix whenever that drop i'll be back on here you know full review on the blurry cast like i normally do i also got to check out the trailer for black panther wakanda forever which what a beautiful trailer, man. That shit was fucking amazing. Marvel wins again. Like, I'm extremely excited for this movie, especially after the trailer. I knew Ryan was not going to let me down. <laughs> I knew Disney was going to do what they need to do to make sure this movie happens and looks amazing and does justice by T'Challa and Chadwick. And I'm really, really excited to see it. Um, I noticed in the trailer that we had got some glimpses of Riri Williams, which if you don't know, she will start her own Disney Plus series entitled Ironheart, which obviously or maybe not obviously, but Ironheart is a protege of Iron Man. Now, we all know in the MCU, Iron Man is no more. Tony Stark actually died, but Riri Williams, a black girl her own genius in her own right she builds her own iron man suit based on some schematics that she i guess found or interpreted based on what tony did for his iron man suit and she kind of picks up the mantle as iron man going by the title iron heart it was dope seeing her in this trailer because you know <laughs> black girl wakanda 
I mean, come on now. <laughs> it was dope seeing that that uh, crossover happen. And then, you know, this also pretty much confirms that Ironheart, the Disney Plus series is pretty close to being aired. So I'm excited for that. And then I really, really liked seeing all of the translations online and on social media, all the breakdowns that was happening of the, like the Wakanda language that was in the background for this particular trailer. There was a lot of stuff written on the wall next to Chadwick's mural and just things in the overall chamber. There was a scene where the Dormelage are kind of like standing in this chamber area. and You can see Wakanda writing on the wall. Go on uh, social media, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, wherever you need to go. TikTok probably got it as well. They did some really, really dope translations based on the Wakandan language dictionary that is actually on Google somewhere. Very, very powerful messages and meaningful, thoughtful messages. A lot of love and well wishes and RIPs for Chadwick in that. Like It was just a really dope trailer. I'm excited for the entire storyline them moving Namor's heritage from being an Atlantean to a city that is also submerged underwater but has native Mexican roots is really really dope that just goes to show that cultures can be celebrated simultaneously and really have their moment in the spotlight I'm really excited just to see that because this is a brand new take on Namor specifically for the MCU the comic books of course, like I said, they have him as an Atlantean. We talked about this before in the blurry cast. Marvel was concerned about Namor being confused with Aquaman, which I don't know how you could do that when it's Aquaman's clearly DC and Namor is clearly Marvel. But they made the switch. And based on this trailer, I don't think that we're going to be disappointed at all. I really feel like we're going to get an entirely new spin on Namor that will please everybody watching, even though Namor is pretty much labeled as an antagonist for this movie. I really think the culture is going to appreciate having Namor a part of the Black Panther story because... Just based on this trailer, this shit is looking phenomenal. I really, really cannot wait for this movie to come out. That trailer got me really, really excited. Seeing Angela Bassett, you know, as her character in the movie, giving these powerful speeches and like me thinking about it, how it correlates to the first Black Panther, how we kind of opened up that entire story with them giving speeches based on T'Chaka's death, like kind of bringing it into not like a full circle moment but you know there's some tie-ins there that are very very symbolic of just the overall experience we had the first time going to the movies to see the first black panther movie so i'm just excited as a whole <laughs> i'm really ready to see this movie i mean obviously everybody's expecting that shuri will pick up the mantle as black panther y'all can feel how y'all want to feel about that but in the comic books it happens so if we Sticking to source material like a lot of these nerds and blurds like to cry about when it comes to these movies, then they're doing the right thing. If um, the mantle is picked up by somebody else, though, that will also be really, really interesting. I kind of have a theory myself that <laughs> Killmonger will come back from the dead, especially because he's in other Disney Marvel collaborations like he was on What If? And then just on top of that, he gets revived a couple of times in the comic books as well. So, you know, Shuri picking up the mantle, it happens because 
after Black Panther joins the Avengers and goes on these worldwide or shit, <laughs> these galaxy wide crusades with them, somebody has to protect Wakanda. And in the comic books, whenever the actual Black Panther is going, Shuri does pick up the mantle if something happens to Wakanda. She picks up the mantle to protect. Um, but Killmonger also, you know, we saw him in the first one, he had his own suit. He could possibly come back because he does get revived in the comics a couple times. I don't know. This movie can go a bunch of different directions. I'm just excited to see where it goes. I'm excited to see how it leads us into the Wakanda Disney Plus series that is supposed to be coming, which is supposed to be a series dedicated to the actual city and country of Wakanda. Just focused on that and telling different stories within that actual atmosphere that's gonna be dope in my opinion and i'm really ready to see that as well just this motherfucking black panther wakanda forever trailer was immaculate and i really really <laughs> really can't wait to see the movie when it comes out in november also another trailer that i got to check out she hulk they put out an official trailer you know the first one with the wonky cgi that was more of a teaser this one's the full-length trailer. This shit looks way better than the first trailer that we got. Um, it's shedding light on more of the story. We get to understand exactly what She-Hulk Attorney at Law is going to be about. Based on what I could tell from the trailer, it's going to be her trying to balance her newfound Hulk powers and all the fame and attention that that brings her with just trying to be an everyday attorney at law. I wasn't like super excited for this series, you know, based on the first trailer, but this trailer has me ready for it. I know we're getting 10 episodes, which is different from what we've been used to with like the six to eight episodes. So I'm excited for that. It's supposed to be more of a comedy. That should be fun. And I'm just really excited to see how these particular characters in the She-Hulk um, series pushes the MCU forward. You see in the trailer, we have Wong coming in. So that's going to be dope. Some Doctor Strange and Spider-Man tie-ins with that character. Obviously, Mark Ruffalo reprises his role as Hulk. This time he is, what, Smart Hulk? Or I don't know what his Hulk form is when he's like mixed with the genius and the Hulk. It's not full Hulk, but it's not full genius either. I think it's called Smart Hulk. Either way, he's there. <laughs> this just look like a fun show. I'm ready to watch it. I'm also going to be checking out the Milestone Generations documentary on HBO Max when I get the opportunity. If you are a comic book fan, definitely you need to check this out. Milestone Comics, of course, or obviously, is the brand that DC acquired that pretty much made all of their black superheroes static shock and icon just to name a few well they have a documentary on hbo max i think it's narrated by rapper actor method man <laughs> yes method man is narrating this uh milestone generations documentary looks to be very informative very insightful very historical i'm interested in checking it out especially since milestone media and comics is going through this entire like rebrand and relaunch i'm excited to get the history on this beautiful and powerful media company to just understand what i'm about to get into moving forward because 
these new Static Shock comic books, they're really making me want to pick up comics again and get back into them or at least just collect them because the artwork is beautiful. Shout out to Nicola, I think his name is, the the, the black guy that um, designed the new Static Shock. Like His work is really, really dope. So, yeah, if you're into comic books, especially black comic books, check out Milestone Generations documentary on HBO Max. I will. After I watch it, of course, I'll be back on the Blurcast to give you guys my thoughts and opinions on it. As far as TV that I am watching, though, obviously, you know, what I'm saying P Valley. <laughs> I've been talking about it pretty much every Blurcast since the season two premiere. This shit is really, really good. I can't stress it enough. Um, where I am currently, well, I'm current as far as the episodes are concerned. I'm just trying to think. Keyshawn is back in the pink. She's going to be doing her last dance and taking that money and getting the fuck out of town. I'm so happy about this. I really want her to just kill Derek, but, you know, she don't seem to have the heart to pull the trigger on this white man that's been beating her ass since day one. So, I guess <laughs> getting the bag and skipping town is the way to go. Thank you to Haley or what's her name? Autumn in the show for helping us out because I really wanted Keyshawn to like get up out of that situation. Hopefully her last dance at the pink does not inspire her to stay and continue to be trapped in this abusive ass partnership with this white man. Like, he don't deserve y'all's kids. He don't deserve you. Time to slide. Whatever's going on with Mercedes, I hope that shit gets resolved as well. I really want to see her back dancing at her full, you know what I'm saying, peak, at her full glory. <laughs> because, damn, that shoulder shit really fucking her up. It's getting in her head, messing with her conscience and shit like that. Like, I need to see Mercedes giving the experience again. Like, <laughs> Let's let's get this shit together and turn back up now. Oh, uh, who else? Roulette and motherfucking Whisper. They out here <laughs> on some wild shit. That last episode where they was in the hotel and the dude was supposed to be paying them to eat Whisper out. That shit was crazy. And Roulette, <laughs> that girl done been through some things. She don't give a fuck about dying at all. She had that gun in that man's mouth doing all that crazy shit i was like wow <laughs> what an intense scene and then to come to find out at the end of the scene she actually did have a bullet in that motherfucker playing russian roulette with the goddamn revolver i was like what the fuck is this but that scene was very very good as well <laughs> i don't know something about grimy niggas getting fucked over by women i really appreciate that because you don't have to be grimy you said you was just going to pay the girl to eat her out or whatever. Pay the money, get your taste on, and be out the door. It don't need to be no extra funny shit, because that's how you get your motherfucking head blown off, as we was about to see. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, the show has been really, really good. I'm really, really interested to see how everything unfolds with the pink and this whole casino shit or whatever. Autumn or Haley, whatever her name is, whatever she want to go by. <laughs> She is really leveraging a better deal for the pink sale while Clifford is trying his hardest to not have the building be sold at all. Either way, I'm interested to see how that shit plays out because it looks like Haley at this point is going to be using her, you know, 
assets <laughs> to get into good graces with the dude that's running for mayor of Chuckalisa. And if she does that, then obviously he'll be able to broker whatever deal that she wants in order for the pink to be sold off and turned into a casino. Either way, the story is really, really good. Even though I want to see Lil Murder win and make it up out of the streets and become the famous rapper I know he can be. I'm also glad that he <laughs> that he put down old boy that was trying to claim that he killed Teak, bro. Like that was a traumatic experience for Lil Murder. Teak was going through a whole, whole lot, a hell of a lot that made him decide he wanted to commit suicide in front of his best friend. For you to be sitting on social media acting like you pulled the trigger on that nigga, like obviously you had to be dealt with. Didn't think or didn't want for Lil Murder to be the one to do the dealing, but I'm not mad at it. <laughs> Outside of that, though, P Valley has been really, really good. Can't wait for the new episode to drop. And when it does, obviously, I'll be back on the Talk of Play Blurcast with you guys to give my opinions on it. It's just really good at this point. Also, <laughs> I've been watching rap shit. We are three episodes in. Also, another good show. Issa Rae does it again. For those of you who don't know, Rap Shit is Issa Rae's new comedy on HBO Max. It is executive produced in part by the famous rap group of today's generation, the City Girls. That's right. The City Girls are executive producing the HBO Max series with Issa Rae and the shit is good. It's crazy because like as I'm watching the episodes i literally see the city girls influence on this entire show outside of the fact that it's set in miami the characters themselves remind me so much of the actual city girls with one of the main characters shauna she is clearly inspired by jt of the city girls and the other woman mia is inspired by young miami and you can see it the mannerisms the things that are happening in their lives i don't want to get too deep into it because i have an idea of where the show is gonna go just based on what i know personally about the city girls so just to not spoil it for myself and for anybody who might be listening i keep that to myself but if you know anything about the city girls then you might also know where this is going because shauna is doing things that jt was doing in her earlier days and mia is kind of doing the same her baby daddy slash now producer is also akin to young miami's baby father who's what south side is uh her baby i think so yeah south side <laughs> so there's a lot of things that Obviously, the City Girls had a direct say in and Issa Rae ate it up. There's some other stuff that I won't mention just yet because I'm waiting for one person in particular to catch up. <laughs> but this show is fire. It basically follows Shauna and Mia as they try to ascend into rappers from their everyday, you know, Miami life of struggle. <laughs> Shauna has had a you know mild amount of success on social media being a conscious rapper her music and videos have gone viral here and there but now she's looking to change things up so she can actually make it mia is the one who inspired her to do that because her baby daddy who is a producer lamont he you know basically told her like you know music got a different kind of money with it if you're really trying to make it give it a serious try 
She's like, you know what? I got a homegirl who's good at rapping. I think we could take it to the next level. Just add a few different things. Boom. We have these women who are <laughs> pretty much the city girls. I still don't know what their group name is. I don't think they've given one on the episode yet or on the series yet. But hopefully it's something dope that actually relates to the city girls <laughs> because there's a lot of city girl uh, input on this show. I keep saying it because I see it. <laughs> like, like I said, Shauna, JT, Mia, um, Young Miami, Lamont, Southside. And then I look at the title of the show. The City Girls' very first album had a song on there called Rap Shit, where they was pretty much rapping about their life in Miami before making it. Boom, here's the show. And then on top of that, the very first song that they're recording in the show that is probably going to blow them up towards the end of the series. It samples one of Kaya's biggest records. And if you turn the camera towards real life, the city girls themselves, their first breakout single was a song that sampled Kaya. So it's like a lot of similarities there. It's almost autobiographical, but you know, it's also for entertainment as well. It's purely a fictional show that is very, very much inspired by real life events. So that's why I feel like I might know how it's going to end. Either way, <laughs> the show was dope. Uh, I can't wait for episode four to drop on Thursday. Definitely going to be checking that out. And I'll be right back here on the Talk of Play Blurcast talking to y'all about it because rap shit is a good ass show. People have been saying is what Atlanta should have been or was supposed to be and i could kind of see that just the similarities there atlanta being kind of like a black version of entourage and having one of its main characters be a rapper and the other main character managing him and the other main character being like you know entourage or uh, an assistant of sorts like I could see why people felt like Atlanta was supposed to go in a certain direction. And I actually would have appreciated it if it would have went in a certain direction as well. But nevertheless, rap shit is good and I'm enjoying it. Speaking of Atlanta, though, they also released the trailer for season four. We're finding out that season four will actually be the final season for Atlanta. I'm kind of bummed out about that. Um, season three has been my favorite season thus far. It was really, really good to me. I was hoping that <laughs> season five or six would be the last season, but obviously that can't be the case because each of the main characters has gone on to really flourish in their careers. Zazie has done amazing things with Marvel. I'm pretty sure we're going to see her in Deadpool 3. And then, you know, we have Donald Glover going back to music, you know, a little bit, but still doing his acting thing. We last saw him in the Solo Hans film, also a Disney property. So that's big money right there. And then Brian Henry, who plays Paperboy on Atlanta. He was in the Eternals movie as one of the Eternals. So we'll probably see him in a future Marvel project as well. And then Lakeith Stanfield has gone on to be really prolific his last role that gained a lot of notoriety was for the Fred Hampton movie. I can't think of the name of the movie, but it was about Fred Hampton and that whole situation. So all four of those characters or all four of those actors have gone on to really, really blow up 
they might not have the time to do it anymore. Donald being one of the head writers on the show just might be out of his wheelhouse at this point in time to continue to write such great television. So I can understand. I just really want it either a fifth or a sixth season like four just seems premature <laughs> but i get it the trailer looks dope they're back in atlanta back struggling trying to get paper boy the recognition he deserves after coming from europe where he's pretty much treated like the celebrity he deserves to be treated as <laughs> so that's going to be interesting going back home and kind of starting from the ground up again because they were in europe for quite some time getting that bag so we'll see how the uh, series plays out. I think it premieres in mid-September. I'm excited for that. It was a quick turnaround. I know season three just ended a few months ago. It wasn't long ago where I was talking about the season finale right here on this podcast. So I'm really, really excited for the new season. Definitely going to be covering it when it drops. And I can't wait to see the final adventures of the game, man. Really quickly before we close, though, let's take a little second to sit in Anime Corner. Um, I am on like episode three or four of Bastard on Netflix. It is starting to become interesting. I'm looking past all of the hentai or hentai, however you pronounce it. <laughs> looking past all of those hentai elements <laughs> and trying to really understand the story. And I think it's going to be engaging so I'm going to keep watching. Um, I started Dr. Stone. I think I've seen the first episode of that. I'm going to finish that as soon as I get an opportunity to. And then I'm still waiting on the next episode of Spy Family to hit Crunchyroll so I can get back into that. <laughs> Either way, though, anime is in a good state right now. I'm really enjoying the anime that I'm watching. Spreegan, I have to get back into that. I think I stopped that episode, too. But those episodes are like 45 minutes to an hour long. So a lot of story happening there. But that is it for this particular episode of the Talk and Play Blurred cast. I'm your host once again, Brian Sav. That's B-R-I-A-N-S-A-P-P-H on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok as well. Also, don't forget to check me out on NRW Checkpoint with my dog Webster Style going over everything gaming with a special focus on the new gaming releases for the week and any prominent news happening in the gaming world. You can find that on the Nerds Rule the World YouTube channel and I will catch you all next time here on the Talk and Play Blurry Cast.